Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. Well, you did make uh, that point with interviewing you that you regretted not using Alan Stewart more. Yeah, yeah, I had, well, I had Alan Stewart and and John Reed, but to say John Reed was in a slightly different role, yeah. uh, and was very supportive. But I had, you know, in in hindsight, I mean, I had Alan Stewart just down the corridor, mm-hmm. um, you know, who had great experience, had a calmness about him, yes. had uh, wisdom about him, and once again, if I had my time again. I would utilise his skills and his services so much more because um, mm-hmm. you get, as a head coach, there are times when you get so busy, your head's in the, like it's in the forest. Uh, you just sometimes you need people who are one out, one back, just uh, being able to say, hey, 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 just, just, let's just think this through. Are you really sure about that decision that you're making or why are you doing that or the way you did that press conference or the way you spoke to that player, whatever, whatever. Um, so, you know, it's a throwaway line, Pete and uh, Malcolm, but we, everyone needs a coach. And I think Winnie, everyone needs Winnie, a coach. Winnie helped Barmy a lot in that way as well. And yeah, just, okay. So, you know, the role to sort of, and that's, and it's become Barmy's Barmy strength. You know, was, uh, he, he's fantastic. And more about just taking a bit of pressure off the coach at times and just deflecting things and to stop footy for the coach being 24-7 and, and literally twenty four seven that, you know, yeah, you let and and things do escape, you know, family relationships in that side yeah. of it do yeah. get away from you because it's so consuming. Yeah, so consuming, and uh, uh, you think there are times when you think you're the only person that can do the job uh, or a particular job, you know, which is not true, which is not true. Um, and so it's you know the role now of a of a senior coach. Uh, and I and I only I've only ever seen it pretty much at, at either AFL level or international level, like the the pressure and the responsibility and the accountability that goes with the job is huge, and and you just need you just need one or two people around you who can just give you that balance in your thinking and 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 basically give you some feedback about what you're doing because it's you know because of the position and the chair you sit in. Um, it's very difficult to get good feedback, you know, for someone to give feedback to the head coach. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. 
South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete once again, joined by Malcolm and uh, Neil Craig, part three. We did split that interview up and some tremendous insight into the coaching side of things and how if we could do a time again in the coach's box or for Neil to do his time again, he may have done things a little bit differently and utilised some other skills. Yeah, and his honesty was great. Really enjoyed the chat. You know, pretty privileged to have him on with us for about 95 minutes. Um, yeah, as I said, we were the lucky ones there and greatly appreciated. Absolutely, and uh, we do have replays of that uh, on all your favourite podcast uh, providers and uh, we're starting to put up some additional content on YouTube as well if anyone's interested in watching. I may have listened to a bit of that last night. Actually. Fantastic. Around the Grounds. All right, today we're going to kick off with the tennis, some SNFL football, some soccer, but we're going to kick off with one very special moment. Hit the first ball to the fence. Bang. He'll come back for two. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time. And in front of 120,000 people, they've upstaged the home team. In magnificent fashion, and the party begins. And there's the yellow wave. Out they come. Look what it means to this group of players. They had their backs to the walls from the very first two games of this tournament. They weren't at their best, nowhere near their best. They had to dig deep, and haven't they done that? The legacy of Australian teams continued through World Cups. Continually building, continually getting better and peaking at the right time and winning big games and big moments. Pat Cummins and his men. Well, mate, uh, we have to kick off with the Australian uh, team winning the uh, one-day cup against India. What a game. Impressive, impressive game. Look, Australia winning the toss, sending them in. Probably, I think, the thing back here, we don't really understand the Jew side of it because that doesn't happen over in Australia, so... You just think, what the hell have you sent him in for? You've got to get the runs on the board. Right? But it turned out to be a, a master stroke. Yeah, a great decision. Look, his captaincy throughout it. And let's not also remember the fact that we lost our first two games. I was going to bring And that in up. the third, Sri Lanka were none for 125. And in about 15th over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you thought, oh, oh, and geez, this is terrible. Right? But then just built, and there were some ridiculous games like, Maxwell against Bangladesh. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> well, that was one of the uh, best 200s and, oh. and, and weirdest 200s you're ever going to see. It was bizarre. You had Travis still here. Yes. Competition's going on. And he's talking to him, the Shill game. How are you getting on? Yeah, wait and see. And so you just thought, why in the hell have they kept him in the squad? Mm-hmm. I think you mentioned he hadn't even touched a no, bat up, up until that point, which is just insane. He had a hit a couple of days for the game against New Zealand. Comes back in, makes a hundred, and that man of 
best you know best performed player in the semi and man of the match in the final. It was just incredible. And let's also remember, Travis wasn't a set player in the one day mm-hmm. side for quite a long time. And yep. comes through and does that, and in the final, just smashed him and basically set it up so that Marnus could actually just bat. Bat and bat like a test match and just work the ball around for one and two yep. and you know. So well, it's been a ridiculous tournament. Like <laughs> yeah. it's a, um Pat Cummins twelve off sixty eight balls and things like that. So it's been bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um but in the end, to win in India and India, yeah. and I do agree with the comment in the end, it is our greatest Victory. one day achievement. Mm-hmm. I think against with considering where the tournament was played in India, India six players and the team of the team of the um, tournament, but in the day which mattered. And, you know, Rahul was probably the surprise selection in that team. And then in the final, he sort of choked a little bit and yep. wouldn't play a shot, which I think it showed there that India were worried about their tail. Well, it was a bit bizarre that they qualified so easily and yet still didn't use their tail. They still kept going. I think they got carried away and it's – the Indian way with Coley and mm-hmm. trying for his records and all that, where Australia it would have been right. We're almost reverting the batting order to give everyone a hit. Yep. Um, so I think that was pretty important in the end. I did want to bring up that uh, absolutely amazing uh, Travis Head's attitude oh. for the, the game against South Africa, sort of, you know, are they going to target him? And he's like, I, I came home, I, I'm well rested, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I think... From that point onwards, you sort of knew that he was going to play an integral part. But his innings, you know, Australia were in a little bit of trouble. 120,000 crowd, you probably only got yeah, three to, or 4,000 non-Indian supporters I want to there. go to the more crucial bit. Travis has struggled. He is not a natural fielder. Let's just say, gee, blew it. May have become at times with working him. Come on, Trav. <laughs> yep. Come on. Get yep. out of that. And then... Might have been you know, out of that and sort of thing. If you'd said to me that Travis would take the match, the match turning catch, catch. Yep. and it's a blinder, I would have said, Pete, don't be a bloody idiot. Yep. That's one thing Trav's not doing. Yep. So that's out of me. His batting, his batting's never been a question. His fielding, let's just say there's a lot of us involved. We've had frustration with Travis over the field, his fielding across the journey. Yep. And it's, but finally, Finally, it's all clicked. He did it when it counted. India set Australia two forty. What were your thoughts on that total? I was fifty fifty on it. I thought it was okay total, but I thought provided we didn't lose early wickets, but then we were three for forty three. Yes. Thought oh, um, and Smith should have reviewed. And you said, oh, "Geez, if there's anyone who reviews, it's Steve normally." And yes. so yeah, that side of it. And then, um, but Manus just came out. And after that, really, once they got to three for 100, Australia probably had the game pretty much under control yep. from there. And da- David Warner out for seven, almost getting out on the first ball yeah. of the innings. And a pretty average shot he played to get yes, out. Yes, uh, sort of made me scratch my head a little bit going, you know, in, in the game where you do want to build something. Um, it was quite a rash shot. And then Mitch, Mitch Marsh, for me, I think he got caught up in the moment, yeah. really played. Um, silly shot yeah. uh, to get himself out. But like you said, uh, Steve Smith, the review that we're all going, you know, come on. But, yeah, yeah. Manus came in and played second fiddle beautifully and just let Ta- Travis uh, set the pace and it all went from there. Is Well, 
We did talk about it being one of Australia's best uh, victories. 2023 has been a massive year for the Australian cricket team in the, in the whole scheme of things. They've yeah, win, Ashes, the world, yeah, win the World Test World Test, yep. Tie the Ashes, which was – there was some frustration there with our tactics. I don't – you know, the bounce of crap yep. and yep. where I just think pitch the bloody thing up and let's or let's not remove Bold and LBW out of the equation. Yep. So things there. But at least we at least we still held the Ashes and we had one. So it's a great year in the end. Absolutely. All right, we'll move on to the Redbacks. Uh, we sat here last week, uh, not too sure about how things were going to go with Western Australia. It ended up turning into a pretty entertaining game with Western Australia in the end winning with uh, two wickets to spare. We got our eighth wicket, 33 runs they still needed. Uh, Goodwin should have been given out caught down the leg side. It definitely, if you're watching the replay, it definitely did flick his gloves. So yep. that was a bad decision which really hurt us. We just didn't make enough runs again. Our bowling's doing the job, but it's a bit crazy that Ben Menenti is playing effectively as a batsman at eight. Mm-hmm. So our balance still isn't right. You know, we're, it was him and McAndrew at nine made the runs for the game. Well, hang on. We need some more from our top six. Absolutely. That's the problem. Uh, encouraging signs, though, from the bowling attack. We have had Ryan Harris on the, on the podcast, yeah. and we have posted a few things on our socials about uh, shorts from his interview, and one of the things that he was excited about was the depth of the bowling. So that part of it's coming together quite nicely. Look, McAndrew and Buckingham have both been pretty good recruits. We've got to be fair there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Duckett's – and let's also forget, unfortunately, Spencer Johnson hasn't played yet. It's halfway through the year nearly, and he still hasn't played. Mm-hmm. And ironically, he's then off to play for you – know, he'll probably come back to play for Brisbane Heat. So there's a bit of irony there, yeah, so a little bit of frustration – and then following on from that, uh, South Australia uh, scoring two for two seventy nine in the Marsh Cup, uh, fifty overs. But uh, Western Australia chased that down with three balls to spare. Drop. Unfortunately, yeah. Henry Hunt dropped two catches in three balls towards the end of the game. That's yep. uh, yeah, not good. All right, we'll uh, we'll leave the Redbacks there for the moment, yeah. but we have to talk about the women's. WBBL yeah. strikers going sitting well. top of the table at the moment and going along beautifully. Probably not a star. Probably not the most. They're not the most star-studded side in the competition, but they just seem to perform. Seem to be able to perform to and keep to a low total if they and that side of things. So they're they're doing the job, and yeah. So it's good that you know we won it last year. And traditionally, a lot of South Australian teams, as we know, in anything we can win and then fall away. So it's good yep. that they're they're still around the mark. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll move on to the AFL. Uh, draft picks, Adelaide turned a little bit of magic with some of their picks to get uh, Daniel Curtin at number eight. Look, we just got to wait and see. As we know, it's it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, what I will say, for me, the one thing that I watched Taylor Goad play seven times this year. He, for me, he's the most exciting young ruckman I've seen since Sean Wren mm-hmm. in terms of his appeal. Now, Kadri says the best. No, no. I'm saying most exciting. He got a clearance in the under-18s where he roved his own tap, and he is six foot eleven, mm-hmm. and and that. So there's things there. Shades of Nick Nanui. Oh, look, very much so. And look, it was a bit of humour in the 18s grand final. I I saw Jason Miller, Norwood player, in the crowd, so I went up to say hello, and I said, "Look, I've got to be honest. My main interest in this game is Taylor Goad. You know, I've commentated him a few times on." 
I'm really w- just studying his ruck, his hand and his direction to see if there's different speeds hitting the ball and that. And he, he smiles and goes, so he's going out with my daughter. <laughs> so I said, now, how tall is your daughter, knowing that she was ne- next to him and she's quite tall? I don't know that. So six foot one. And I sort of smiled, said potential. And Jace has just smiled and I've gone, uh, what did you think the first time when uh, you know, Taylor walked in the front door? He said, thought I was bloody tall at six foot five, but I'm a, I'm a short ass compared to yeah. him. And we were just sort of laughing away. So, look, I really wish Adelaide had got him. Um, One pick before was North, yeah, Melbourne, North Melbourne, who picked him at 20. Charlie Edwards was taken at pick 21. Look, I just think Ruck's still Adelaide's big weakness. You know, I, I do go on about that. I admit that. Um, I thought he was a necessity. So, look. You've just got to wait and see. At the moment, I'm critical because we missed out on Taylor Go, but let's yep. wait and see. Look, I, I actually wish Taylor had gone to a club who are probably a little bit more advanced than North Melbourne, North Melbourne, but he has got Clarkson. I just really hope the development coaches and things then come because he's so raw. Mm-hmm. He's played very little footy. He played basketball growing up, so he's only played a couple of years of footy. So honestly, I think he's untapped potential. And I do also wait because... It's one thing, you, you're commentating 18s games, you do talk to a lot of recruiters, and obviously I know a few of them as mm-hmm. well. And I know one particular club, recruiters thought they were going to pick him and hire mm-hmm. and unhappy that it wasn't. So you just got to wait. It'll be interesting to see what ramifications there are with that sort of thing. It's probably, it was a little bit unusual for me this year, knowing probably a bit more than nor- yep. than previous. So, yeah, just got to wait and see. Uh, is it something that... Uh, a potential Adelaide club could target in a couple of years' time. I've I mean, that's no really where it's at now, isn't it? Is that yeah. the, the draft has has been done and dusted, and yeah. now it's uh, move on with it and uh, look look to recruit him uh, next time round if the opportunity presents. I've got no doubt that Adelaide and Port would still have him very much on the radar in that regard. Absolutely, and to round out Adelaide's uh, three draft picks, uh, Oscar Ryan. Clearly, Curtin, Edwards, and Ryan were. Players that they've chosen to fill a need uh, for some for the now and some for the future. Yeah, look, it's interesting because I'm, you know, Bodie Bryan with uh, with Glenelg and I rate, rate him. I thought he might have been around the mark. So it's just, again, you just wait and see. It's just interesting that, like I said, because obviously there wasn't a fringe one that yes. they decided was a toss of the coin and so we'll go with the South Australian, but that didn't happen. Um, came a call for the look. Jack Deline fell away and didn't get picked till, draw, till 60 by Fremantle because there's question marks on his aerobic capacity. Yes. So we just got to look, ability isn't a question. Yep. You can do the mercurial, but it'll be interesting to see how he, whether he can get his body up to push to enough contests at AFL level okay. was why he fell that far. Sure. Uh, Curtin and Michael Annie, <laughs> they look like two that are going to be there for a long, long time for the Crows could complement each other beautifully. Yeah, look, you'd think so. And look, there's Max there now. Huge year coming up for Jack. Jack, uh, Mike Lanny, um, look, probably, and it's not having a crack at Jack at all, he, he's probably just not a big as big a footy nut yep. as Max. Max was ridiculously focused and footy, 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 which mm-hmm. probably isn't Jack now. It would be interesting to see how Jack goes this year because at the moment I think he's probably more unlikely than likely. Yep. But it's a big year coming up. We'll just wait and see. 
drafts and draft years can be very interesting for yeah. a lot of young players and a couple of bolters uh, throughout the draft period. Uh, the Port Adelaide Footy Club took Thomas Anstapopoulos. Oh, I reckon you've done pretty well Thank with that. you. Yeah. Uh, at pick 48, Lachlan Charlson at 52 and Will Lorenz at 57. We always knew that this was going to be the case, that Port were going to slide uh, you know, with their picks down the list a little bit and, and picking for a little bit of need for now and the future as well, as what Adelaide have done. Yeah, look, and a rap that Riley Bonner's got another chance at St Kilda today, so good luck to son of Bonaire, Bonaire um, and that. So rap that he's still on a list, mm-hmm. so we wait to see. And look, it was interesting today, I thought, in the rookie draft that Adelaide picked Will Hamill first, so Port Borlace was available. So it was almost yes. right, almost daring you, I think. So they, I think they knew that deep down Port weren't going to pick him because if they had if it yep. would have been the other way around. Yes. So I, I thought that was interesting. Look, they've both got a chance because of Adelaide's thing in defence. Look, Hamill, again, it's not footy. It's it's the it's concussions the issue. Yep. He showed a fair bit in last year's SNFL finals. So I just really hope he has a bit of luck. And look, Borlase has got to get better aerobically. You know, he really struggled some games mm-hmm. in that way. And his first five yards... Um, That'll be the areas they'll be working on. I, I, I reckon I could confidently predict, go out to Crow's training, he'll be sprinting in between the point post and the goal post constantly. A lot of suicide runs. We'll yeah. say Thomas for now. Yeah. Uh, obviously Thomas a, South a bit. Yep. yep. Uh, Thomas was recruited as a little bit of a, a, a sort of a small forward, mid-forward, mid um, f- sort of finding uh, Port Adelaide's gaps or filling Port Adelaide's gaps. Yeah, look, and they... Port just decided that hang on, Fantasia, we you know we just can't go anymore. Carlton are prepared to offer him yep. two with a lack of games we've got out of him. We can't go that way. I admit I couldn't believe he didn't play in last year's final. I would have played him. He played three SNFL games by then. Ability wasn't the question for me. He'd played enough footy by then to play yep. him. Um, they decided to go that path, and it's pretty hard to to knock a club from the little games they've got yes. out of him. So, look, now it's just wait and see. Absolutely. Uh, the top five draft picks, Reed going at number one, as predicted. Yep. West Coast decided that they weren't going to move on that number one pick. Uh, Mc, uh, McKershner, Walter, Dersmer and Watson round out the top five. I'll be very – I will admit I'm amazed that North Melbourne didn't call Walter out at two mm-hmm. to make uh, Gold Coast use up the more points. Look, I watched him this year in the 18s Carnival for the Allies. Yes. And as um, a recruiter said to me, Rubble, bugger next year. He's in any AFL side next week. Absolutely. So I, he, he is probably the best build I've seen in a youngster. Absolutely. Uh, a bit of a report card from the AFL draft. Adelaide with an A-, minus, yeah, Brisbane look, with C, Carlton with C+. Plus. But nah. really, at the end of the day, the Gold Coast Suns were probably the big winner. Oh, of course, with what they had in their academy, and they were always just getting point points. You know the way it is to swap one draft choice for three for more points and all that. Look, they are the massive winners out of this. You know they had they've had three effectively top ten. Mm-hmm. There was no doubt that three, maybe even four, were going to go top ten if that had been an uncompromised start, situation. Start the car, and they've already got. Apparently, they've got the same situation in another two years. So. Um, 
Well, Good luck to him in that way. The so. uh, Gold Coast Suns have been starved of some success yeah. and maybe this time around they've got the formula right and they've got the right man at the helm, that's for sure. I admit if I'm, they're, they're my big improvers for this year. I, I just can't see how they won't. Yep. Fair call. All right, let's move on to the AFLW. The second round of the finals was completed with Adelaide defeating Sydney. Yeah, Adelaide were just way too good. Um, one thing I will say, massive credit to Sydney. I was really surprised at how many Sydney people were there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of red and white in the crowd. Yes, they took a spot in the Greater Western Stand and that. There was quite a lot there, but there was a lot then in Cooper's corner, mm-hmm. um, the R- RSL end, yes. and just throughout the ground. There was a lot of red and white, and I, and I did. I made that point. I said to a few of them, I think it's great how many Sydney people are here, and I did message. We will try and get him on our, on our show. I mm-hmm. did I did message Tom Harley along those lines. I haven't spoken to him yet, yep. but just, just thought the support for Sydney was fantastic. Absolutely. And uh, the the big shock for, for me was that Geelong got over Melbourne as yeah, that one, of the, one of the flag favourites, Melbourne, and they've gone out in straight sets. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, men, men and then women, and look, five goals down, they came back and nearly pinched it. But, yeah, I, that was the big surprise. And you know, I, I'll, uh, you were saying here, I'll, I'll go a Brisbane v North Melbourne final, mate. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll get to that one in a minute. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Adelaide to play North Melbourne at Icon yeah. Park. Um, you're obviously tipping North Melbourne at this stage. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit wary that a team that has beaten you a few weeks ago You've got that little bit of extra um, uh, walk in your step going, we're not going to let it happen twice in a row. And well, Adelaide it, have been pretty resilient. Yeah. yeah, very much so. It was a bizarre game, though. North Melbourne looked the five goal the better side, mm-hmm. yet Adelaide still managed to pinch a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not as good this year, whether who they've lost to Port with you know, Ash yep. Saint, and that would be awesome in their forward, in the Crows' forward line yes. now. So they're, they're not as strong. Um, and that's so, a... Their resilience to, has been fantastic. I think North Melbourne will just be too good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll wait and see. Absolutely. And then the other game was Brisbane v Geelong. I I think Brisbane, along with Adelaide and Melbourne, and the Bulldogs a little bit over the last few years have probably been the measuring stick, and certainly Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne have been up there again this year. And oh, look, Brisbane I, have another chance to host a grand final too. That's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, look. The perfect weekend would obviously be Adelaide winning and um, Geelong, Geelong winning. winning, so the grand final would be at the home of football. <laughs> we have a superb scoreboard attendant. Yep. Um, but, yeah, we'll wait and see on that one. It'll be a huge crowd if they do get up, that's for sure. All right, let's uh, take a very, very quick break. When we come back, we've got uh, tennis, SNFL, soccer, and in our past players, past legends, we've got David Payne. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, tennis. Uh, Nadal sends out a tweet and all of a sudden the whole world, tennis world has gone absolutely crazy, uh, saying that it looks like 2024 he'll be back at some stage, but maybe not for the Australian summer. Yeah, let's just wait and see. Yeah. Still, we've got to see how his body comes up. Good bit of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, social media marketing machines, yeah. you know, seeing him hit a couple of backhands and a couple of forehands and all of a sudden the they go absolutely yeah. nuts. Uh, Nick Curios was very interesting. He had an interview with the Tennis Channel um, 
still a 50-50 prospect for the Australian summer with his knee and wrist injury that is still plaguing him a little bit at this stage. Not in the side to win the war, Nick. So. Fair call. And Djokovic wins the ATP Tour Finals in fine style with a big victory over Alcaraz in the semis and Yannick Sinner in the final. This is his seventh time winning the ATP Finals. I don't think you can say anything more, no, can you? Whatever. Look, he is. He's nearly. He, we know he's in the in the the equation. Yes, I think he's almost now. You've got to say, yeah, he, he is the one. Conceding the white flag goes up, yeah. and he is number one. Unfortunately, yeah, fair call. All right, and obviously, as part of Djokovic doing so well at the moment this year, he won three of the four Grand Slams. Um, but he set his sights on next year winning Grand Slams as well and trying to obviously do the Golden Grand Slam, which is all four Grand Slams and the Olympic Games. It's a pretty fair target for a 38-year-old, somewhere in there. Around there, but I'm not betting against him, put it that way. No, fair call. Uh, Alcaraz was the big improver in 2023 and I expect him to be around the mark as well. But there are a group of young players that are coming up that anyone can pinch it on their day. Yep. All right, we move on to the SNFL. We're going to talk Central Districts today. A couple of recruits, Wilson Barry, Kay Pudney, Yes. Jake Gapa or Gapor. Yep. And Maximus Monaghan. What a great name, Maximus. It is, isn't it? He it could, is. He, you could see him becoming a uh, cult hero. Yeah, out at the Ponderosa. Look, Rossi, that's his strength. Uh, Mark Ross, obviously, was with Nord now with Centrals. Recruiting is his strength. And look, they continue to build. Like they were unlucky, uh, probably in the finals a little bit, uh, and that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised that no one picked Harry Grana. I was really hoping he would. Yep. Um, for his own sake. Yes. So I think Centrals today, I reckon there'd be a bit of celebration out at the Ponderosa that they've kept. And he was the best player in yep. the competition last year. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, we we'd sort of had predictions at the beginning of the season last year that Centrals might struggle a little bit, and they ended up making a finals yeah. and was probably a little bit unlucky to run into a pretty red <laughs> red-hot team along the way, that's for sure. So, yeah, they continue to build. And also, they've got the Dynamo, Watch Sharp, the boy who won the under-18, mm-hmm. you know, the kid from the 16s and 18s. He's the most similar junior I've seen to Gary McIntosh when Macca came straight from... 17s, junior, ju- yep. Juniors, 81 to 82. Yep. There's definite similarities. Central's a bit of a watch and wait and see at this yeah. stage. We're going to, over the next couple of weeks, go over a few of the uh, the SNFL teams and who they've recruited now that the draft has settled down a little bit and now that they're going to be starting to recruit players as we go along. All right, we move on to soccer. Adelaide United play Western United this week. Yeah. Uh, looking for a response after the 5-1 loss to Sydney, which we did talk about briefly last week. Yeah, the bizarre game against Sydney, so we now just wait and see on the response. Irukundu is back. Hopefully that's a little bit of a, a side lifting. Yeah. Puts a little bit of stability back in the team and we wish him the best of luck. We did also only find out last week that he was signing his contract. We weren't sure how that was going to play out. It looks like Adelaide United are going to have his services for the Season, remainder of the yeah. year. Yeah, which is you know, a great deal for Adelaide United. Oh, look, it gives the owners a fair bit of coin to play with. Um, so we'll just wait and see there as well. Absolutely. All right. And then we move on to the uh, Socceroos. Scratch past Palestine in a World Cup qualifier and the next opponent for the World Cup qualifiers is actually Lebanon. Yeah, so a little bit iffy, but let's just wait and see. Again, um, 
should be able to still win, beat Lebanon, but they need do need to improve a bit. Yeah. Um, our man Goodwin setting up the uh, yeah. one nil goal. Harry Souter, I think, with the yeah. header into the back of the net. Obviously, Australia playing Lebanon here in Australia in March. All right, we move on with the Matildas. Our thoughts go out to Holly McNamara yeah. after suffering another knee injury after coming back from two ACLs in the last in the past couple of seasons. Yeah, it's just you just wish sport the can be cruel and it can yeah. be fantastic at times. Yeah. And this is one one situation where a fantastic player who has worked their way back into the Matildas squad looked like she's going to be playing against Canada in December. Now, yeah, a little bit of an iffy knee. Yeah, we'll see how that one plays out over the next couple of days. Yeah. All right, our interview with. David Payne. Let's have Payne. Let's go. Past players, past legends, past legends. Tonight we welcome Nord's electrifying small forward David Payne. 194 games, 311 goals. Uh, leading goal kicker in 91. Of course, a member of the history-making Premiership side in 84. Uh, also coached at several clubs, several things in common, and then along the journey. Uh, welcome aboard, Painty. Yep, thanks a lot, Fyde. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, one of my favourite players growing up, uh, obviously, at the Norwood Footy Club, but like we do with most of our guests, we'd like to find out where it all started. Where did you start your junior football? Junior footy uh, guys uh, started at the Walkerville Football Club down there on, the, I think, I'm not sure of the street, but um, Smith Road. Walkerville and played there, I think up until probably you know, up into the under 15s. So that was my junior junior club. Yeah, yeah, it was a, a fantastic club to play for. And then on to high school, high school footy. Yeah, yeah, high school. We um we had a, we didn't have a junior side, but we had a senior side. So I think it was about 15, maybe 16, uh, made my way into that side, which had some pretty good players: Lester Ross, Stephen Sims, uh, Craig Ebert. Um, I think Andrew Jarman was there at some stage as well. So, yeah, it was a, we had a pretty reasonable side those days. Now, Paney, how were we lucky enough to get you out to Nord? Because, of course, your brother played at North Adelaide, so and I reckon you would have been in the North Zone. So what happened in that way, mate? Yeah, just I, I lived in the in the North Adelaide area, so I uh, did a few sort of junior clinics at North Adelaide and got involved out there a couple. So I actually played mini-league uh, for North Adelaide um, uh, with with the, with the Hillcrest Primary School, so uh, yeah, had an affiliation there. The brother played there, and um, so on and so forth. But I, uh, I actually didn't get a letter from North Adelaide to invite me out for the under seventeens, and I rang wow. up KG. I rang, I rang up KG, and I, I, I harped onto him on the radio and just said, "Look, I'm, you know, my name's David, and my brother played, and da da da. I'm in the I'm in the North Adelaide area, and I want to go and play for Nord and." You know, da, da, da. And then I think about a week later, I had a couple of blokes knocking on the front door. Wow. Painy, out of all those years, I never knew that. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. so I had a couple of the coach and the team manager pop around, knock on my front door, uh, interview me, sat down with mum and dad. And, yep, so I didn't ever had any transport. Dad was working. Mum never drove. So uh, the manager used to pick me up. Take me to footy training, and that's the, that was my first introduction to under seventeens with uh, meeting Macca, and yeah, that was uh, quite interesting. Well, wow. that's, that's a great story. Uh, not every day that you get a coach and a team manager roll up on your doorstep. Uh, normally, oh, no, I more... remembered getting my letter and nothing like that. That's that's fantastic. I'm more going no, to no, thank KG. Really... I'm going to thank yeah. KG out of this painting. 
I've actually got that interview. Uh, they actually sent it to me. Okay. Uh, on a on a on a tape. Yep. So so yeah, it's on. It's actually on a tape. So they actually sent it to me, and uh, I've got that here. And I listened. It was actually quite funny to to listen to. But <laughs> yeah. but but uh, they. I didn't know I was going to make the side, and then then we had the the, the annual dinner where they picked the side. Yes. Now I did, yep. and I and 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 they announced the first side, which was to play Sturton. I got given the jumper number four and got my game. So I thought, how can they must have paid a clearance fee? I'd, so they there was apparently there was a fee involved that they had to clear or pay North Adelaide, and that was the reason I got through. I got through the gates. Wow. Yeah. And then had a had a pretty good under seventeens year. We had a great year that year. We won the premiership. Yep. Yep. In eighty one. Uh, then we won the premiership in eighty two. And then I played under 19s in 83 and won the premiership. <laughs> so, yeah, that's three good years. And then obviously I got promoted into the A grade side halfway through you, uh, 84. I was yeah, playing did, 19. Yeah, so I was going to say, you went 19s reserves league, didn't you? You look In the same year. I reckon you ended up with yeah. 70, about 75 plus goals for the year, too, Painty. Yeah, look, I, I think I had a good year that year. Yeah. That was a. I had a good year. I, I know I, I I bagged a couple in the 19s. I, I had a nine-goal game once against West Torrens. And I think it's, you know, you just go through certain stages in your life where everything's just rolling along okay. And, you know, I just must have hit a purple patch. And then I went into, played in the reserve, got promoted to the reserves team. And I'd never forget Neil Button coming up to me and saying, right, little fella, just stick near me. Wherever I tell you to go, you go. And Butto was absolutely amazing. He yeah. just palmed the ball straight down to you, and he was—he was at the end of his career, Butto. Yeah. But he just said, "You be there, you paint it, go there, paint it, go here," and he just tapped the ball to you, and it was amazing. Oh. So he helped me a lot get a get a berth in the league team. Yeah. And then, so in '84, was your league debut, Painty? Uh, it was against the Lanelg at at uh, at the Bay. Bay, yeah, yeah. Um, I was working out the order of games in my head, and I'm thinking, yeah, no, it must have been at the bay. Yep, yep. Probably one of the most nervous, you know, you're really nervous. Like, it's just it's, an, it's, it's something you, it's very uncontrollable. Like, you're only – I was only 19. There I am playing senior footy, and, you know, there I was watching all these guys in the prior years I was playing against. You know, it's quite uh, quite daunting in a way. And then you had – Really? You kicked five against North at Prospect. Yeah, that, I had a good day that day. That was a four, it was a good day that one. Yeah, and then probably yeah. the big one really, where you were huge contribution was we were nearly gone. Well, we were gone. We were seventeen points down late in the last quarter of the um, of the first semi against Centrals, mm-hmm. and you kicked a couple and you kicked five for that day. That which would have been just huge in a final, and it was a pretty big buzz after that game and back at the parade. We got out of jail and. I reckon we thought, hey, we're we're in, we're really in this sort of thing. Yeah, I think that you know, a guy at work asked me the other day. He asked me, he said, uh, "What what do you reckon is one of the better games you played over the over the years?" And, I, and that 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 game came to mind straight yes. away, simply yeah. because uh, we we were we were struggling. We didn't look like we were going to win. Uh, we rallied. I managed to kick, uh, I think, three in the last quarter. Oh, yeah, the handball over the top from. Macker yeah, and in the that, last that put, that, yeah, that put right. us in front. Yep, and that put us in front. And I, you know, when we carried on and won, and it was just a, you know, an amazing feeling. But it was just a, 
um, just one of those games where, once again, you know, the timing was right. There was that 15 or 18, 20 minutes of where everything went okay and it worked out that we, 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 we got away with a win. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, obviously over the years you played a few good games and, you, you know, you don't remember them all, but um, it's it's probably not about me as such. It's it's It was the team, you know. Um, we, we, we played so the team could succeed. That's what we were there for. Well, that, uh, that year that you talk about, I've just uh, pulled up the stats here. You started off the year in under-19s kicking 24 goals in three games, then kicked another 24 goals in five games in the reserves and then finished off the year in the league for 30 goals for a casual 78 goals for the season. That, that's, that's, that's an amazing statistic that not only were you able to you know, balance your goal-kicking craft in, in your under-19s, you were able to transfer it up to the reserves and then up to the league. That's just a great stat. Yeah, look, I must admit, and the blokes that know me and, and sort of play with me know I, I don't mind kicking a goal. And <laughs> so That's why I brought it up. Uh, you know, um, no, no, you're a handball and, machine and, and, compared to Kevin Bartlett, Payne. Come on. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, I remember something my dad said to me once. He said, listen, if you're in range, son, have a go. And that always stuck with me because I, I, I began to trust my own ability to to um to to achieve that. So if I ever got within range and I thought I was half a chance, I'd have a go. And you know, I think that's maybe what some of today's footy's missing. I, I'm not too sure, but I think you know everyone plays under instructions nowadays. Yeah, I think where we 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 played. You know, a lot of players that played in our era uh, played with a bit of flair and. A bit of excitingness, like you know, as you say, you talk about the Kevin Bartlett's and the, and the Billy Conlons and you know, the, the, you know, uh, the Tony Antropuses and you know, you know what I'm saying. That these guys had some flair, yeah, and and they executed and they, and they made it exciting. And where I reckon in today's footy, that might that it's probably a little bit hampered in a way. Robotic. It's a lot more controlled. It's a lot more controlled. Yeah. So we, we had a go, like, you know, I might have got in trouble a couple of times having a shot from the boundary, but, you know, if it went through, it was all cool, wasn't it? If he missed, everyone's going, oh, you know. But, you know, I, I, I think you just got to back yourself in. That's where... I actually reckon the player who got crucified a lot more than he should have been over that was Greg Thomas. I think he was... Um, he seemed to cop it more than anyone else if he didn't give it first time. It was a little bit bizarre in that way, yeah, I think I think I've had a bit of a handle that you know no handball pain. You know, yeah. uh, I got I, I got that hand you know that that handle for quite a number of years. But you know, um, so be it. If I didn't handball and I kicked the goal, what's the problem? Yeah, and I think after your, the first semi, I, there was no doubt whatsoever that you were targeted physically, probably especially by Glenelg, ironically in the in the prelim, but also by Port in the grand final. Yeah, there was there was a definite head hunting for me on in the preliminary final. That mm. I got smacked, I got knocked out in the first ten fifteen minutes. Mm. I didn't know where I was, Arthur or Martha. So, and that was uh, that was uh, I was behind the play, um, severely concussed. Yep. I couldn't see. I, I was, all my eyes were blurry. Yeah. I couldn't lift my head off the ground and. Uh, I came off for a bit. Uh, the blurriness went and went back on. So yeah. <laughs> that's the way it was. I Dif- think exactly How the old smelling salts and back into it. 
I had, I, had a, I had a bit of that, a bit of that blue-smelling salt. Someone had yeah. some of that in their pocket. Yeah. Uh, that helped. But, the, you know, um, in today's standard, that, that you'd be gone for four or five weeks. But, yeah. you know, I, I was absolutely fine during the week and there was no way after the win against Glenelg that I was going to miss yeah. a grand final. And uh, your memories of the 84 grand final, we've dissected oh, it many, many times, yeah. but we'd like to hear what the players thought, obviously, history well, makers. Bloody, bloody tough game. Yeah. I mean, you it know, was, tough man. game. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's brutal, really, it when was. you think about it. Um, you know, you, you think you've got a yard and you haven't because uh, the bloke's roll on your hammer. Um, you know, you grab the ball and you got tackled. I mean, it's like... Normally, you might have a bit of a, a free yard here or there, but there was there was no yards given in that game. Um, uh, but it was just a, uh, one of those games that you probably look at and go, "Well, gee, we we, we were lucky to get out of that." If, if that's 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 the way I'm looking at, because I only only watched the video only about six or t- to twelve months ago. And oh, I, I reckon I might have watched it since then, Pony. Yep. Go. On. <laughs> oh, but I've watched it, and I watched it by myself, watched the whole yep. game, and I thought, we'll, yep. and I analysed it myself, and it was the first time I've actually really sat down and watched it, and, you know, that's 40 years nearly after yeah. after watching it. But, I, you know, we were in a bit of trouble. Oh, look, we, know, in that, let's in that be honest. Quarter. Yeah, it wasn't only the third quarter. I think Port Stupidity really helped us early. Like, Evans got sucked in. Dwayne Russell gave that free kick where he ran through when Evans Lester. had marked it, mar- ran through Leicester and when Evans had marked in the goal square, you know, Evans kicked into the Craig on the man on the mark when, and he, where Craig just got inside his head. So there were yeah. several things in that game where well, they were crucial. They were goal-turning I, moments. I think you're right. Our I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe if Tim Evans had a kick straight, it, I'm not sure how many points he kicked in that game. Kicked a but few. I know he had quite, I know he had quite a few shots at goal and he missed. Yeah, which which was highly unlikely for him to miss. Yeah, uh, you know there was a couple of hard shots, but there was a couple of goals that we thought, oh, geez, he's going to nail this, and he missed. Now whether that's due to the the pressure, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I'm we not kicked in sure. the man on the mark as well, and I reckon that's probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. even a more crucial one you know, where that's showing that you're not thinking clearly. So, oh yeah, and then it was it was an incredible game also for individual, you know, Key Thomas's mark. You know, we'll, yep. We're always going to remember that. Aishi's run in the last quarter. And, of course, yep. from the David Payne article on the Footy Almanac site, and what Redleg can forget, the beautiful side of Glenvard Daniger picking up on the half volley, giving off to Payne, who goes long. Rocky Roberts rises up over the late Anthony Williams, spills to Mark, but recovers to kick his sixth, and the camera goes to the fist-pumping Neil Barm. Yeah, uh, I mean, that was uh, quite – because I was actually trying to keep the goal. <laughs> Oh, you got pretty actually, close. Was, yeah. If you look, if you look closely at it, I'm trying to do a tour. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it was an attempted tour. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't yep. a drop punt. It was All a tour right. because I knew it was late, and I thought, well, I, I better have a big dip at this and see if I can, you know, um, save us something out of this. But and and it worked actually better than it was a tour because actually the, didn't it, it I didn't. covered that little bit further. Yep. It, covered, yep, it just went that little bit further, and 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 it was yeah, it worked out all right in the end. But you know, just a tough game, like two two. Two really good sides, two very competitive sides, and we just happened to you know, sneak over in, in 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 the long run. But you know, it, it, at, you know, during that game, it could have gone any, it could have yeah. gone either way yeah. at, at certain certain stages. But there, you know, once again, there was things that happened in that game. You know, 
Justice Gannon's mark there. Yep. I think he took two Twice. rippers yep. in the last quarter. Yep. Now they're saving goals. Like if they'd been, if that ball had hit the turf and you know Bradley or Clifford had got yep. hold of it, um, it could have been a different story. But he took those two really good marks. Um, you know, Bruce Winder. I mean, the undeniably um, uh, soft-spoken man. That yes. just if you go just just go and watch what, how many times he did mark the ball yeah. going into great, defense. Great hands, Bruce. Always and always and was. you know he just saved us on many times. So yeah, there was just a uh, for me it, it was all a bit blurry. But you know you, you sort of until you watch it again and and see that there's viral stages of the things that will happen in that game. You know. Um, you know, certain tackles in the game that, that were that were laid that stopped, you know, Port getting her free flow. And yeah, there was just so many things happened. It was it's just a hard a, one, Payne, in terms of I go, look, the 73, and I've watched it as an adult. You know, I do, you know, I was only 10, but that's all I've always thought that was the game. And you know, there, there was Corns' mark, but the same thing. Pretty incredible. Bob Hammond's best on ground in a, in a losing grand final playing full back. So there were things in that game as well as 84. And for mine, it's hard because 84 obviously means so much as a Nord man and all that. But yeah. they're the two for me, 73 yeah, and 84. Yeah. I, I, think, I think you'll find that um, the other thing is it's, uh, you know, not only uh, it's just a tremendous honour to actually even be part of one, you know, just. You know, to even playing one is probably a hell of an achievement, let alone yeah. fortunately winning one. So, you know, I'm I feel feel myself quite blessed that I was I be able to be part of that team, and and be able to be in a successful team and, and win a premiership. But, um, you know, there's a lot of blokes that play a lot of footy that don't get to play in a final or grand final. Or... I reckon there's one thing out of that night, though, Paney, I can confidently state that I don't think you're any danger at getting picked up in uh, by a big big choir or anything with singing Barmy the, uh, no, back at the no, club. I reckon you no were safe doubt. there, Paney. Yes. I think the Jim Beam was kicking in. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the voices were all a bit, yes, um, yes. Yeah, a bit, bit hoarse by that stage. Yes. Now, talking about Barmy, not Neil Barm, but Craig Barm, what were your yep. thoughts when him and Evans are going toe-to-toe in the square at the uh, National Anthem? Oh, look, You're a fair way away, was, Honestly, I didn't know what was going on, you know, yeah. really. I, I didn't, you know, this was all secrets behind closed doors stuff. I mean, obviously there was some uh, plan to rattle his boots. Yep, by the late um, Ian Stasinowski, mate. Yeah, but we, but I didn't know anything about it, and yep. I'd, I'd say half the team didn't know. Yeah. Um, but um, I just said, "Oh no, here we go." And then not only that, it was after, straight after the ball was bounced, um, we got the kick down in the four lines that went out of bounds on the yeah, floor. You and effectively had the first kick of the mm. game, really. Yes, mate. I did have the first kick of the game. Yes, and uh, it was uh, it was on again. Like and then, yep. I'm thinking, oh no, here we go. Like you know, I'm not, I'm not built for this because <laughs> no. uh, for all this tough stuff. And I didn't want it to be, you know, obviously, if you had, you know, obviously you're all committed, but you know, I just didn't want any nasty stuff happening, you know, because that's not what you want. But I think we got a free. Did we get a free kick out yeah, of that? Free kick Aish. and Aishi kicked yep. the goal. Yep. Aishi kicked the goal, so that yep. put us on the board. So you yep. know that that's 
you know, that, that helped us a bit. But, you know, after that, I think after those couple of instances and, and then the run through with, with Russell, I don't think there was much else after that. No, it wasn't it, too it, bad it, after it, that. It, it, quite, it quieted it down quite, a bit. Yeah. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't like an, uh, you know, an eighty-seven or no, a nine, ninety-one, you know, no, not the bloodbath or ninety-one. No. You know what I mean? So it's definitely not like that. But it was, uh, you know, the, it was a pretty physical game, and you know, I think we we're all pretty tired at the end of it. Yeah. And so, Pania, after the eighty-four, let's a couple of times there we got the prelims, whatever. And I think we, while we always thought we underachieved at Nord. And that I've probably mellowed a little bit on that, where I go through and go, hang on, let's go back to '84. Let's remember that we, you know, just we were, as we've said, the centrals to first semi and all that side of things. So, and I, and I think we've just got to give a bit more credit to the rest of the competition at how strong Glenelga North and and Port oh. there were. You know, I, though it was a really strong era oh, in South Australian was- footy. Was it was um, yeah it was as strong as possible like it was as good as it gets really yeah uh, it, it probably until the uh, probably started to fade a little bit in the early nineties yeah. it started maybe but all through the eighties I mean Glenelg North yeah. Port um, they were just tough sides I mean yeah. Glenelg eighty five eighty six yeah you had North Adelaide which were a, a huge talent yeah. And you had Port, which are always around the mark. Right. So, I mean, you had those top teams. And then you had Centrals were always bloody hard to beat, but, yeah. you know. like Yeah. Uh, you, had, you, had, you had Westies were hard to I mean, the, none of these teams were easy beats by any means. And, you know, they were out to get you. So, yeah, it was quite physical too. That's the other thing. It, was, um, it wasn't a soft sport by any means. Oh, it, was, oh. um, it was pretty physical and pretty competitive. And there's always a bloke or two that's ready to, you know, um, and just uh, try and hurt you a little bit. What 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 were the crowds like? Because uh, obviously, doing this podcast, we sort of get a, a rough idea as to uh, what the crowds were like back in the uh, late mid mid eighties, late eighties. Oh, look! Uh, as that, a player, that, did you did you really enjoy playing in front of a big crowd? I love I love playing. Yeah, I love playing in front of great. You know, it was great playing in front of lots of people. But you know, I I, I got great enjoyment out of playing at Nord Oval. Yeah, I mean. You know your home ground, your home deck with you know seven or eight, nine, ten people just on top 11, of you. Eleven thousand people. Yeah. You know you get eleven, you know, and you run out and it's it's just people everywhere and you know you snag a couple of goals or you or the team kicks a goal and it's it's just fantastic. Oh, and I think I mean, the AFL yeah. show that with gather round at Nord and Nord and that it is the best suburban ground. Um, I mean, and that if people just are a bit rational and a bit honest about it, and it, it's. You know, it was turning up for gather round last year on the Friday afternoon. And I actually, as I got there, ironically, Fanner was walking along Wood Street as well. I just said, "Jesus reminds me of walking into Nordport in '82." And yeah, it was it yeah. brought back. It wasn't such the footy; it was just brought back memories of a packed Nord Oval. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you know um, the home playing. You know, even at Thebby in those days. You know, yeah, playing at Thebby and, yeah. and playing at playing at Woodville and. Playing at Richmond, and you know they they still drew good crowds, and and it was it was great. I mean, even Footy Park. I mean, I played quite a few Anzac days um, at, on 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 Footy Park Oval, and standing there and listening to the the bugle go, and and just you know the shivers are going down your spine, and then as soon as the the bugle finishes, like with the crowd roar, and you know yeah. there's 30, 35,000 people there on an Anzac day, you know, um, just an amazing feeling. 
So, yeah, look, yeah, we love playing in front of crowds. I mean, that's what you got. Yeah. And they went to see it. They, they went to see. The people went to see a good game of footy, didn't they? Oh, and I think we'll move on to that side of it a little bit later as well in terms of two. So, Penny, you, you started off in 52. And then, of course, yeah, number 52, yep. course went to 17. You know, go through that a yeah. bit, uh, mate. Yeah. I thought uh, that would be a bit uh, – that, that number was a bit high for me. <laughs> a bit too much weight, a bit too, a bit, a bit, a bit too high, and I think that quite a few blokes had fifty-two. I think Storitsky had fifty-two, yeah. and Flaby had fifty-two. Yeah. So I think you find that most blokes ditched that number. It was a bit high, uh, but I, I, I remember Smokey coming up to me um, in the start of '85 and said, "Look, David, uh, there's a couple of jumpers available. Which one would you like?" And that seventeen was there. So because I think they they rested it in '83 because. Yeah, after oh, two. sorry, rested in 84. 84. Yeah, after two. They yeah. rested his Guernsey, yeah. so no one was 17 that year. Yeah. And then they bring it out. So that's normally what they did in those days for, for pretty legendary players. They, they rested their Guernsey and then gave it to someone. So I took 17 after Tubby because you're about the same size. So <laughs> Also your brother's number as well, mate. Yeah, he wore 17 as well. So I think a couple of the brothers both wore 17 at some stage. So, yeah. No, it was just a lucky number. I just, I just, I just like the number. Join the club. It's my favourite number too, and it's partly part, and it's partly because of you. Okay, yeah, well, I didn't go. know they are they are Painy. I didn't realise that either. There you go. So go yeah. through some other highlights, Painy, of just playing of playing wise. Um, oh look, there was all sorts of obviously from a personal note. Um, playing well is something that you like to do, isn't it? I, I suppose yep, absolutely. Uh, so, yep. so playing well and, and and you know getting in the best players. I mean, you don't want to say that, but you know. Yep. To be honest, it's nice to play well, but then if you play well and the team plays well, then you win. So then there's a result on the end of that. So obviously playing well in a winning team is a good achievement. You know, Playing well in a losing team is still, I think, you know, you know a lot of times I play well and we got done. So, um, you know, playing well consistently, I think, was, was something that you try to achieve. Um, highlights was you know playing for the footy clubs obviously yeah. an honour right so that, you know that that goes without saying and, and being able to maintain um, my status I suppose for for the ten year period uh, and play league footy on a you know you know and being needed or wanted as a player um, wasn't important that that made me feel good <coughs> because you know the, the team liked me being in it, if that made sense. Yep. You know, I was a benefit to the team. So, um, and, you know, I, I appreciated that, obviously. Yeah, playing finals, obviously. Playing finals footy was, was tremendous. I mean, we would have liked to have had a little bit more luck later down the track. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, that didn't didn't eventuate. But, you know, we had a dip. You know, there's, there's you know, we don't cross over that white line without having a dip. So we weren't good enough on, on most oh, of those Oh, there was a couple of prelim finals which could have gone either way. <laughs> One against North where we lost by five points. The ball was deep in our forward line when the siren went. So, you know, as Griff would say, it's a fine line between pleasure and pain. So Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. We, we had our chances in those games. You know, there was one final series we were out. We, I mean, we never had Macca. We never had Craig Kelly. Yes. We never had Michael yeah. Taylor. I mean, you know, you take those three guys out of your team. Um you you know you put them in the team and you you're half a chance. I mean you you're two of the best centermen in the league going around and you haven't got them in your team. So yeah. 
yeah, it's it's it is what it is, unfortunately. And uh, we had a dip, and there's no doubt we had a dip, but we just weren't good enough on a few occasions. We have just been speaking with David Payne, and uh, fantastic to not only reminisce on uh, Payne's career, but some life challenges as well. And I think he put it perfectly well that uh, you know that you can go through life and do things a certain way, and you you can change that and 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 change your perspective and and turn that around very very quickly. Oh look. It is a, it's a subject David and I have close together. I'm now 11 years and three months since I've uh, had a drink of alcohol. Um, it's it's a struggle at times. It, you, there's times you don't feel like you fit in. Other times it doesn't worry me. But it's just you just got to be honest to yourself. I finally stopped bullshitting myself. Yeah, I'll just have a social drink. Yep, just never did, and I was good at it. Um, I was good at hiding things and. And that, and as Payne said, you just, you know, you just got to not lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, fantastic that not only yourself and, and Payne have, have beaten it, uh, I won't say completely, but it's an ongoing uh, issue yeah. that's uh, wide in society as well. And congratulations and pat on the back to you guys for the hard work that you do on a daily basis. Um, Payne's career was fantastic as well, um, you know, playing as a junior and, Kicking seventy-eight goals within one year across yeah. three different grades, three different grades, yeah, uh, was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and look, as we said, we probably highlighted on eighty-four and had a bit of fun there. Absolutely, um, but yeah, look, pleasure to have David on board, and yeah, as I said, it's um, probably a bit of a unique relationship the two of us have got. Absolutely. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Days. We'll kick off today with a bit of a lucky happy birthday. Well, not a lucky happy birthday. A happy birthday to a lucky player, Billy Frampton, drafted by Essendon from South Fremantle, originally drafted, uh, was picked up with the 84 pick in the 2014 draft. It did not make his debut until round 23, 2018 when he was traded, obviously, to Adelaide, and that was against Essendon uh, on the 24th of August, uh, 18. Prior to his debut, he played 42 games, kicked 18 goals for Port Adelaide in their reserves competition, um, and then finds himself at Collingwood and in a premiership team in 2023. Oh, look, things went his way. Look, he, he contributed a bit at the start of the year, playing as the relief ruckman when Cox, McStay... Mm. Uh, and Cameron were all injured, so he contributed there. And look, the grand final, he actually did quite a good job on Andrews until three quarter time. Yeah, yep. I think he got shit. I've got to get a kick. He got away a bit from what he was there to do, and could have hurt in the end. But yep. hey, he's got no field premiership, my daddy. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Um, I I was just about to say that that Collingwood's team performance as far as sacrificing. Yeah. Yes, his stats don't look so good. And, and, and yeah, all right, I made a little bit of a, a fun with the initial going that, you know, he's a bit of a lucky player to, to find himself in the in the Collingwood team. But Collingwood got him to do his job to the best of his ability and now he's an AFL Premiership player. The ironic Absolutely thing fantastic. was he dropped three or four marks. He could, if he'd taken, he would have been at a huge game. So he actually did a good job on Andrew, but he just didn't hurt him a couple of times when he had the opportunity. 
Agreed. Well, happy birthday to Billy Frampton yep. and enjoy that premiership and obviously we'll be back for another one in 2024, yep. hopefully. All right, we move on to tennis. 1992 tennis, uh, Yugoslavian tennis star Monica Seles beats Martina Navratilova for the second consecutive year to win the WTA to a championship, 756361 in New York City for her third straight end to the season title. Were you sporting tragedy in general probably a bit too readily, but Sellers mm-hmm. generally is. Mm-hmm. We'll just never know what would have happened with her. You know, quite bizarre what did happen to her, you know, stabbed at a change of ends. Yes. Just, you, know, you still shake your head in disbelief and, yeah, again, we'll just never know where she would have ended up in the, in the scheme of Yep. Yeah, you know, rankings and all that sort of things. Yeah. Might have given the Williams sisters a bit of a yeah. run for their money. You never know. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Uh, absolute tragedy. But uh, on this occasion, she uh, she yes. gets the uh, the win against she Martina Navratilova. Yep. All right, soccer. In 2013, Lionel Messi of yep. Barcelona FC sets a new goal-scoring record. Yeah, I reckon Adelaide United could still fit him in. I reckon he'd, he'd scrape in. Yeah, no, one of the all-time greats. All right, we move on to baseball. Mickey Mantle yes. in 1957 wins the American League MVP for the second time. Still quite possibly the greatest name in sport. Yeah, it, isn't it? it is. It's just, it, it's huge. Absolutely. And we finish off with boxing 1986. Uh, then 20-year-old Mike Tyson becomes the youngest heavyweight champion in boxing history when he stops title holder Travis Burbick in round two of the Las Vegas Hilton to earn his WBC title. Great fighter, and I still think of him in the film, you know, the wedding. Um, uh, the uh, wedding, no, uh, in The Hangover. Hangover, that's it. The Hangover. How could I not remember that? That's no, all right. Title, yeah. <laughs> the Hangover, yes, yes. Uh, classic. Yeah, with the tiger. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, yes. Absolute star, just an absolute machine when it came to training and then putting it into practice in his, yeah. in his, uh, in his bouts and... No surprise at the end of the day that he was the youngest ever. All right, let's scoot into the Extra Time Big Finish. Extra Time Big Finish. Kick off with baseball, mate. Uh, we did talk about the Adelaide Giants last week as claiming yeah. them as champions of 2022-23 season. They kicked off their season in the best possible way yeah. with three very, very good games against Brisbane. Yeah, just went down the one, didn't they? So, they yeah. did uh, 12-1 in the first game. Yeah. <laughs> so you go, hello, they've arrived. Yeah. Uh, 4 nothing in the second game. Okay, tightened up a little bit Brisbane. And then they come out in game three and win 9-1. And then going down 1-3, obviously, yeah. in the fourth game. But, wow. Great start. And Perth have probably been the other... Measuring in the one that the, the bogey team, yeah, uh, probably is the right description. So we'll wait and see on that one, but yeah, good start, absolutely. And when you're defending your title, you want to get off to a good start the following season. So we'll watch that one with some interest over the next couple of weeks. Lawn bowls, uh, again, I talked about last week that we were struggling a little bit in our early rounds in BPL 18 uh, up in the sunny Gold Coast at Club Pine Rivers. Adelaide ended up finishing fourth, qualifying for the finals, and a last-minute replacement to one of their stars with an up-and-coming junior star of Nathan Black. 
Still no Matthews, no SA. Still the, still the, <laughs> no, that's still the word around the traps. No, we might have to wait a little yeah. while on that one. Um, but great to see that South Australia being represented there by the Adelaide Pioneers yeah. and, and doing quite well. Batting well below our weight when some of these teams have got some international yeah. superstars and they've also got some national players that are superstars as well. So very, very good. All right, we move on to the Adelaide 500. It arrives in Adelaide yeah, this, this weekend. weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a bit of a wet and wild weekend for drivers. It could certainly spice things up a little bit. Yeah, hopefully not. I think it's, don't think it's don't that think it's much that rain. Yeah. So hopefully still be okay, especially because paying him a nun for 33, chasing 135 <laughs> just around the corner, Pete. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's be okay. But, yeah, look, it does liven it up and does make it a tad more... Interesting. Interesting is probably the word. Absolutely. So, yeah, won't say. Kostecki and Van Gisborne sitting yeah. one and two in the standings with a Kostecki with eight poles this year. That's that's, yeah, a, that's a huge number, isn't it? Other poles um, doing a little bit of research on this, you know, around the three or four mark. So for him to be sitting on pole position eight times, it's all right when you've got a clear track in front of you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. All right, we move on to basketball. We'll go to the NBA first. The Boston Celtics and the Minnesota Timberwolves sitting top of the NBA current table at the moment. Long, long way to go in the NBA, but so far the Celtics and the uh, Timberwolves look like the two teams that are up there. They're certainly both going to be there, and it's probably starting a little further way out that it's looking that... It's sorting itself out now. So, yeah... It's uh, interesting in that way. And then we're going to the NBL, the Adelaide 36ers. They proved me wrong. I I well, called them my Jekyll and Hyde team last week, but they were 20-odd points down at one stage well, against South East Melbourne. I said the score, and uh, well, that's it. Didn't worry about it. It was only later that night that just accidentally mm. clicked on you. Thirty sixes yes. come from the clouds or whatever the wording was. Oh shit, yep. sort of thing. Yeah, so winning by three points uh, in the end against Southeast Melbourne. So, I think the word for the thirty sixes at the moment is consistency. We want to yeah. see consistency uh, again, a little bit like the NBA. I think the table's starting to sort itself out, and Adelaide have got to get a move on. Yep, definitely. All right, let's finish up uh, the good, the bad, the ugly from this week, mate. Australian cricket side, yes, bad and ugly. I'm going to classify it the same thing. India's reaction and supporters. They have 120,000 people there at the ground, mm-hmm. whatever. Lucky to have probably been 5,000 for the presentation. <laughs> I, I thought it was like South Australia winning the Shield in the end. you know. And that, South Australia carrying Australian cricket yet again with yes. Travis and probably made it appropriate that there was no one there for the presentation. But I'm sorry, in, in real times, yeah. yeah. Look, we all want to win, but... I just thought... Show a little bit of respect. Yeah, and I don't think India covered themselves with glory afterwards and some of their reaction and mm-hmm. all that as well. You know, um, Sonny Gavaski, I reckon he's in Kelly Underwood's class as a commentator personally, so that's probably my expression and thoughts of him enough. Fair call. I will leave it there. Uh, my good for the week, obviously, the Australian cricket team uh, winning the World Cup. My other good one was, for me personally, Painey's one of my all-time favourite players. Yep. I wore 17 at all my junior footy clubs because of Paney and having a bit of a chat with him and delving a little bit deeper into not only his playing career but you know some of the challenges that he's gone through and that we all go through really at the end of the day. Uh, we've all got some demons that we've got to exercise and it was good to see that you know he gave some perspective on that and that we can all turn it around if we want to. Yeah, look, as I said, it's, it's a bit 
unusual relationship, probably a bit deeper than the normal mm-hmm. one as a as a player, supporter, friend. But so yeah, so it's a little unique. Um, he also spoke with my book launch. Yes. Um, you know, Flipper interviewed him, and you could have heard a pin drop at Paynham that night. You know, obviously appreciated Payne doing that for me. Yep. Um, yeah. So catch up and arrange for you to catch up with him as well, mate. Absolutely. Uh, Kyrgios, uh, 50-50 chance is probably my bad as far as that, you know, he is exciting for the game, but we're not going to see him. And obviously Nadal, um, a little bit on the good and a little bit on the bad that maybe we're getting our hopes up that Nadal yeah. might be the one to come back and challenge. And my ugly for the week, I can't go past a bit like you, the the, the crowd at the end of the World Cup, yeah. just not showing enough respect to the Australian cricket team. Considering what they have done in the uh, in the last uh, three or four weeks with the World Cup being played, so we'll leave it there. But um, absolutely fantastic episode, as per usual. We promise to do better. We thank our special guest uh, David Payne. Thank you once again, Malcolm, and uh, we'll see you next week. Definitely. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, mate. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.